When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome to the latest uh, Delilah podcast on all things Stoke City with myself, Martin Spinks, and my colleague opposite, Peter Smith. Hello. Um, we've got plenty to talk about, Pete. We're in slight limbo, aren't we? A few days into pre-season training and with the Switzerland trip coming up, but a few things to get into. Um, one uh, thing I wanted to get off my chest, and I know you're going to let me, is, is Jack Butland. Um, he gave an interview earlier this week, which I listened to live, actually, on, on TalkSport, because obviously it's of interest to us. And he was asked the obvious question about um, where he wanted to go next, basically. They were trying to get him to say, yeah, I, I want to leave Stoke and join whoever. And he didn't say, say that by any means, but some of the headlines that have followed, which I can understand, because Manchester United was thrown at him, and he did answer the question, as he often does. Um, but it certainly wasn't a case of uh, Jack haggling for a move in any way. I, I thought he answered it pretty well, rather than just ducking it. This is what he actually said. Um, when asked about uh, speculation linking him to Man United. I want to play in the Champions League and I want to win trophies. Nothing wrong there, Pete. No, he's no, already he's shown that ambition. Very ambitious. Yeah. Then he says, there's no reason why we can't win a cup at Stoke. If it's the right move at the right time, you never know. United, for me, are the biggest club in the world and you take those things into consideration. Here's the important bit. But I'm back in a Stoke kit at the minute and focused on the season ahead and what will be will be all the rest is speculation and rumours and I don't get into that now if I was a Stoke fan listening to that or Stoke chairman or his manager I wouldn't have a problem with that would you? No no, no, not at all like you say he's answered the question so what were the headlines? well uh, linking in with Man United basically insinuating a fancy move to Man United now we're all being honest here one day he's going to leave Stoke I think it may well be next summer if he has a good season uh, and it may, may well be Man United who knows but certainly a club of that prestige and that status yeah. as he says he wants to play in the Champions League yeah. and if he didn't want to play in the Champions League I'd be a bit worried because I think well where's your ambition where's your confidence yeah. so he's every right to uh, look ahead to that um, I say I can understand the headlines it, it lends itself to an easy one but I'd be worried about Stoke fans reading those headlines and thinking oh Jack Butland wants out and probably wants out tomorrow. Don't panic, don't panic. Don't panic. I'd be, we've all been saying this, we'd be amazed if he went this summer. Next yeah. summer, a different ball game. But it's all about re-establishing his reputation this season because he's been out for a year by those few games back. I think there are a few players in that, in that bracket. You look at Arnautovic and Shakiri as well, and you think if they have good seasons and they're linked with Champions League clubs, it will have been a good news for Stoke. So fingers crossed that next summer we're doing those kind of stories. Well, Stoke are at that place now in their history where they're attracting players who, for whatever reason, can't quite get it to a Champions League club. They're the next step down, aren't they, being realistic? And those players, if they're of the right age and the right ambition, Shakiri being one, will want to get back to a Champions League club, yeah. using Stoke as a springboard. Now, if he plays well for Stoke for two or three years in the meantime, all well and good for everybody. Yeah. Well, we're on Arnie. I should say that when I went down to the training ground uh, this week, you did scare the living daylights out of me. I'd, I'd, I'd just set up my my uh, phone to film a bit of training on, 
and I was just pressing record, unaware that Arnie was steaming in towards the corner flag, and he almost took me out, let alone Ryan Sweeney. It was a hell of a challenge, and uh, Ryan Sweeney's not a small lad. Big centre half. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, it was quite interesting to see those two at close quarters. And Arnie came over afterwards, and he said, "Hello, journalist." <laughs> he said, "What?" Hello, journalist. Oh, right. <laughs> in his inimitable way. Um, yeah, before he, he, he scarfed back inside. Yeah, he's a good character, isn't he? Do you think you inspired that challenge, though? He saw you out the corner of his eye <laughs> and it was one for the cameras. I, I would be to see it every week. He, yeah, a bit of uh, uh, blood and guts. Yeah, good form. Well, I mean, good mood and looking happy, I have to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which well, is always important where Marco's concerned. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You also saw a, a, a new face, well, the only new face, because Darren Fletcher hasn't reported back no. yet, being an international. Josh Tymon, uh, football's worst kept secret, certainly around these parts, finally confirmed uh, this week. Uh, the fee yet to be decided. The clubs may yet agree on that, Pete, or it may go to tribunal, but either way, he's a Stoke player. Um, you saw a bit of him in training, but obviously nothing to make any judgment on. No. But from what we hear... 18, only just 18, played a few Premier League games already. He does look like a pretty sound investment, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's coming into the first team, isn't he? And if you look at the fee that's just been agreed, then we're going to go on to it later. Tyrese Campbell, who's perhaps a little bit behind in, in his development compared to Tymon, uh, you're talking of something about £2 million if he plays for England. If you get an England international for £2 million, mm. then... It seems like a savvy bit of business, doesn't it? It's certainly, given his age, it's certainly a deal that's going to be stacked up, isn't it? A relatively low figure up front, yeah. followed by adults. He's still a great unknown, isn't he? At 18, mm. who knows how he's going to develop. He could be a, a world star. He could. We might not see as much of him as we all expect and we hope. But um, at this stage, he looks like a, a good piece of business and he's coming into the first team at Stoke. He's coming first team squad, sorry. He's not coming into the under-18s. Well, the under-23s, we'll see how much he figures um, around those teams uh, as we go on. Yeah, he won't want to be figuring too much for the under-23 team, will he? You'll see that as a backward step. From no, he won't be going to the season. No, no. He'll be in the first-team squad. No, no, he's, there's no question. He's, if all goes well, he's there to put pressure on Eric Peters. Yeah, and hopefully Eric Peters will respond to that and have a better season than, uh, than last season. Interestingly, just before we move on, uh, he was up against... Thibaut Verlinden in, in training and Verlinden is a real tricky customer and you can imagine that Eric Peters was breathing a sigh of relief that he was on Verlinden's team uh, and it was a real good contest and they were going down you could see Mark Hughes licking his lips and those two uh, giving as good as they got I imagine that was deliberate wasn't it put them two Absolutely. together and see yeah. see who comes out on top good to hear that Verlinden's up and running again yeah after, he's, a, uh, he's a real prospect and I think mm. we might see uh, quite a bit of them in pre-season training including next week in Switzerland. Now, Tymon's a left back. As we as we speak, there's there's as many left backs as centre halves in the club. Really, it's a worrying situation, but it is only July, so we shouldn't panic too much. But as things stand, Ryan Shawcross, obviously, back up from Jeff Cameron and Mark Muniesa, and of course Philip Volshide's back. I don't know if you caught sight of him yesterday. I did, yeah, but, so yeah. Had a quick word with him. Yeah. Just said hello. Uh, no, that was as quick as it was. But he seemed happy enough to be there. Bad year for him in, in Germany, and I don't think there's been too many offers to take him off Stoke's hands. Uh, we'll mm. see how that changes going towards deadline day. And, and we've got to be brutally honest here. Mark Hughes doesn't fancy him. Nothing would have changed in the last twelve months to have changed his mind on that, unless he gets desperate. 
yeah. and he's got to play him, which at the moment he will. No, we'll talk yeah. about Switzerland yeah. in a minute, but Walshide is going to be playing next week. You say desperate. When he was at Stoke, Walshide was first choice for 18 months as good as. Mm. So, and Stoke finished ninth when he was the, the, the leading defender. He did become a bit of a scapegoat, I've got to say, which, yeah. was, which was a little unfair so on occasion. So, uh, desperate, I don't think he'd be first choice going into the season, but mm. I don't think he's necessarily uh, sneered at. No, no, but. Hughes has made his mind up about yeah. him, hasn't he? Yeah, he wants better. Yeah. Or he wants someone different. Yeah. Um, he did mention Bruno Martins in there, didn't he, Mark Hughes? And really, there's nothing to report. And <laughs> it's getting a bit depressed in that. But yeah. we must keep emphasising time. He's still on the club side. Yeah. But you want him in in pre-season, ideally, don't you? And certainly before the season The good thing starts. is that um, compared to last season, he is actually getting a pre-season at Porto. Last season, he was just kicked out mm. in the cold. And, and he, he spoke to us enough about how uh, what a hindrance that was uh, coming to the Premier League without a, a good pre-season behind him but at least the manager at Porto seems friendly so whoever he's going to play for he's going to be fit but he's going to hit the ground running fingers crossed well his season at Stoke was all the more remarkable as you say uh, no pre-season and his first game was Tottenham and we didn't quite know then we suspected what sort of season Tottenham were going to have yeah. and uh, that was one hell of a test yeah, I, can't remember, I can't remember the result but we saw the best of Tottenham didn't we well and then was it the week after when he played left back at Crystal Palace yeah. um, we did conclude that day that he's not a left back yeah we did um, and but then he sure, sent half and sure enough he was sent half he complimented Ryan Shawcross didn't he yeah perfect partner yeah Right, well, intermediate. So, uh, sorry, uh, Marvin Nieto is an interesting one. Yeah. I was talking to somebody else, a Stokeman in the office, saying how I think Marvin has been very unlucky. That in the back end. You do uh, like him, don't you? 14 15, when he was playing alongside Shawcross, you just thought, well, this is going to be the partnership for the next 10 years if they can keep keep fit. Mm. Unfortunately, it was Shawcross who got injured, everybody thought it would be Marvin who will be in the treatment room. And Marvin has never really re established that partnership, he's never had the chance to to uh, play a series of games alongside a player who was obviously well suited to playing alongside. So it'd be a shame. I, I, I wonder if Mark Hughes would be brave enough to, to go back to that, uh, even in pre-season, to have a look at, uh, at what he's got. Um, in a back two. In a back, back three is a different story. Yeah, isn't it, with in a back two with Sean Gerson. That would be a brave move. But I don't think that's the way he'd want to go. No, I don't F- think Physically... Moniesta has got his limitations, hasn't he? As, as a centre half in a back two, yeah. In this but day and age, but you, you got, you're going back two years to when we saw him. It's best, mm. really. Mm. And he, he's been such a, a bit part player, unfortunately, over the last couple of seasons. If you were Moniesta, how old is he now? Pete, 25, 25, 26. Yeah. If you were him, and you think, well, bench is the best I'm going to get this season. Would you? Would you want to leave? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You wouldn't blame him, would you? No. Mm. He, he, he wants to look back at his career and have memories, doesn't he? Yeah. There's no point uh, having your grandkid on your knee and talking about the time you were on the bench when Stoke got a point at Man City. There's going to be a lot of players like that in 10, 20 years' time. Yeah. The bank's going to be full of money. But what when people ask, you know, grandkid, whatever it be, ask about the career, as you say, they're going to have nothing to talk about. Yeah, so nice some problem, of them. Nice problem to have. Well, yeah, just, just look at the bank account instead. Yeah. Right, well, we're into midfield. Um, two players I really want to talk about Glenn Whelan first of all it's looking increasingly likely isn't it given what Steve Bruce said and more importantly what his chief executive said this week at Villa that they are going to come back in for him and with Darren Fletcher at the club and everything else going on 
I think really, we've said it before, I know, but really this time it is going to be a passing of the ways, isn't it, in the next week or two? It's looking that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, Whelan, I think he's seen off about 10 uh, players who are all builders as replacements, but it seems like perhaps you won't even get a chance to see off Aaron Fletcher. Although, you can never write off Glenn Whelan, even if uh, whatever happens, he, he's got a fighting spirit, unlike most mere mortals. But it looks like if he wants first team football and if he wants the security perhaps of a longer contract then he'll find another club and that's the message he's been told or his agent's been told but these things have a funny way of panning out and who's to say that somebody's not going to get injured in pre-season and suddenly Stoke don't want to let him go Um, I still think he could do a job for Stoke for another 12 months but from his perspective I could see why he'd want to leave he was almost never present wasn't he in the Mm. season before last I think he only missed the game at Liverpool and then last season he kind of uh, fell out of Mark Hughes' plans towards the spring and he thought well this could signal the end then he came back in and I thought actually when he came back in he was playing at a different level than he had been before he was dropped although when I spoke to him about it he was quite insistent that he, there hadn't been anything wrong with his performances before he, he was put on the sidelines so it's interesting Fletcher's not the obvious replacement, isn't he? So we'll see, see where we go. And talking of departures, one that's going to be um, pretty close and pretty dis- decided pretty shortly will be John Walters, all dependent on this uh, medical at Burnley. I think we'll all be sorry to see him go, won't we? Yeah. As a, as a Stoke fan, Stoke reporter, uh, anybody who had the pleasure of dealing with Stoke over the last seven years, John Walters has figured quite prominently. He's a, a good player, great character. Yeah, Burnley will have a, a good one on their hands. Opinion will be divided though, and reading comments it is divided. I don't know whether it's 50 50 or what, but those who say, well, thanks, John, you've been fantastic, as we all know, but it is time to move on, and if you can get a longer deal at Burnley, good on you. And others that will perhaps lament the loss of a real character and point to that game against Hull on yeah. April the 15th, I think it was certainly around then. 1 yeah. 1. A very wobbly 1-1, as we can remember. Walters comes on with uh, Crouch and changes the game, and that was a crucial win that day. Yeah. If they're in that situation again next season, when there's no John Walters to call upon, it might be fingers crossed time. I said to him at the end of that game, do you realise just how important, I think it was a, a piece of control and a perfect cross for Crouch yeah. that turned that game when the, it seemed like the crowd were, were heading one way, and it was pivotal for Stoke's season in the end. They, they stayed up quite comfortably but um, if, if Hull had got that victory like at that point it seemed was, was on the cards well and a neutral would have gone for them at 1-1 wouldn't they yeah. they were looking the stronger team for a short while so yeah th- thank heavens for John Walters that day uh, fingers crossed, crossed Stoke cards in a similar position anytime soon mm. talking of strikers if, if there is going to be a vacancy I wonder if Tyrese Campbell could step up to the plate <laughs> he's a bit early he's only 17 17 He's only been at the club since October, wasn't it? Left Man City. Yeah. And as you say, the tribunal's now set the fee. 750000 up front, plus a possible £1 million on top of that. £500,000 dependent on appearances up to 50. Yeah. And another 500000 if every plays for England. So, yeah. So, <coughs> if he plays for England and he's played 50 times for Stoke, you're talking about £1.75 million, which... That's not a bad deal, isn't it? Yeah, that's not bad. Man City can afford seven, it. At the same time, £750,000 up front for a 17-year-old is, is, a, is a big deal. And I can't imagine Stoke have spent that much before on a 17-year-old. 
Well, no. And we mentioned time, which may go to a tribunal, and he is a bit ahead of Campbell. But he is a left-back, and strikers who score goals, as in Campbell, are always going to attract more money. So hopefully yeah. that's not a benchmark for the yeah. timing deal, and Stoke can get timing for a bit cheaper than that. And that's the key with Campbell. He's big and he's strong and he's fast. But the, mm. the, the important thing is that he scores goals. And there are games when I watched him last season when... Even in, in the Premier League, you, you've seen strikers heading down one route, you know, like, the chance is gone, and he'd spin and he'd shoot, and he knew where the goal was. Sorry to revert to cliches, but he, he, well, no. he had a knack of scoring. <clears throat> yeah. And Mark well, Hughes, I know, is a, is a big fan of a player with that kind of knack. It'll be interesting what they do with him next season, whether they consider loaning him out if the right offer comes along, or they want to keep him in the I first don't think team for. I think he'll be yeah. developing at Stoke. I think. Well, or the, the time might come through during the season, maybe in January, depending. Yeah. You know, we can't we can't prejudge that. But either way, he's got to, he's got to be challenging certainly the Julian and Goyes of this world, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, for a place in that squad, I think we'll see. On the bench. We'll see him training with the first team. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how quickly that that will come, but he, he's uh, he's well thought of. Uh, and uh, I, I know Man City. You touched on it there that they've got a lot of money to to, to burn. I don't think one point seven five million will bother them uh, willy nilly, really. But I think they they were careful about this deal because they've been accused in the past of luring away other clubs' top talents. And perhaps they saw a chance to say, "Hang on, Stoke have got one of ours." It's not quite as, as cute as that. Although Campbell perhaps saw his own chances limited at Man City, which is why Stoke were able to, to get him but he had plenty of offers it's a, it's a coup for Stoke I, I think it's crossed we've seen I think it's to be applauded because a lot of players in his position at a club like Man City might just sit in the comfort zone yeah. perhaps knowing at the back of the mind there's no real chance further along the line and he his, his father Kevin former Arsenal and Everton striker and his people have said well how much do you want it because you're not going to get it here Yeah. so it's a step down to Stoke in inverted commas but it's a chance for him to bounce back long term. That's, yeah. that's how they would have sold the move to, to him, wouldn't it? And it it's evidence, I think, of how much uh, focus Stoke are putting on the academy that they're, that they're going for that kind of play. Yeah, but we still live in hope that one will come through. <laughs> that's what we need. From the age of about eight or nine and uh, yeah. they're leading the attack in a couple of years' time. Pete, finally, Switzerland. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, we've, uh, have we spoken about Fabian Delph? No, we haven't. No, you're quite right with Miss Delph. Um, well, we're waiting to see on that. There's contractual issues between Delph and Man City. Um, and until those are resolved, it doesn't look as though he's going anywhere. But you would imagine they would be. They don't want him. He doesn't want to stay there. So there's got to be some common ground somewhere along the way. Um, and then we wait to see if Stoke really do make an effort to get him and whether it's on loan or for about 12 million, which is the, the figure that's being bandied around, which sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. For a player of his ilk um, I don't think he's going to be the kind of player who's going to put bums on seats he wouldn't He wouldn't pretend to be but a good solid midfielder with a bit more to offer uh, and certainly age wise more to offer than the Glenn Whelan's of this world an England international two years ago not that yeah, yeah, before he went to Man City yeah so obviously he's lost his way at Man City A because of the competition there and B is that he's had a lot of fitness problems and that would be my concern but clearly Stoke will be doing all the background checks on that and yeah. making sure they're not uh, not buying a dud It's a sign though that Mark Hughes confirmed, who confirmed his interest in Delph even if uh, the, the deal's in a bit of limbo at the moment 
really wants to, to rip out his midfield from last year and, and start again, apart from Joe Allen. So where do you put them in? He's, if he has Fletcher and uh, Joe Allen and A.N. Other, then, then what kind of system is he looking at? Well, he's given himself options. Charlie Adam, Jeff Cameron, they're, they're, they're all Jeff in the Cameron's mix. Got a, three, a new three-year deal. Absolutely. Charlie yeah. Adam's still there. They're all in the mix. Uh, maybe he doesn't intend playing a settled team. Maybe he still intends chopping it around game by game and giving himself those options. He, he did say quite a few times last season, we needed an extra body in that midfield and we needed more energy in that midfield. Mm. It, it was a persistent point that he went back to. So it's obviously been top of his agenda or near the top of his agenda this summer to sort that out. And a fit Fabian Delph can do that. And we know Joe Allen can provide energy as well, depending yeah. on what role he's in. Yeah. Um, I think the dream team for most Stoke fans as things stand at the moment would be for Joe Allen to drop a bit deeper, create a little vacancy in the number 10 role for... Bojan, maybe? <laughs> well, I mean, if he came back and he hit his stride... Well, we'd all love to see it, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, it, it was would. such a joy to watch for, for those two or three months, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When he came back from injury, he was still good, but I still maintain that those three months when he was the pivot of the Stoke team was something else. Well, the, the only problem with that is form was that good. I was thinking if he carries on to the end of the season, he's going to be off in the summer. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. going to get a huge move somewhere, yeah. but good luck to him. But he was on the fringes of the Spain squad, he was, yeah. he was playing that well. Yeah, but tragically injury intervened, as we all know. Yeah. Right, finally Switzerland. Let's get on to Switzerland. Okay. You're flying out with our photographer next week to bring yeah. us day-by-day coverage. Cheese and watches. Yeah. Um, and a few games thrown in as well. Yeah. So a good chance to see uh, the early season form of a few players. Yeah. Um, you're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the first couple of games, we're expecting Stoke to field two different teams, 45 minutes uh, apiece. So I'm not sure we'll be able to read too much into to what happens with, regarding results. Then Monaco will be, will be a, uh, a great game, won't it? A glamour game. Uh, hopefully we'll see him. That's the third game. The third game on the yeah. Saturday, but we're moving around a bit. Uh, yeah, it, but it's, it's quite markedly different, this pre-season, to Stoke's last two. They've got, they're closer to home, first off, and they've got more games, a hell of a lot more games. And mm. we still think they might try and squeeze in another couple, perhaps behind closed doors. So it's six games at the moment, isn't it? Six frontline friendlies, yeah. If you like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And as opposed to about four, four and a half last season. Yeah, depending on how you view certain fixtures. But you're right. Last season they went to America. Yeah, an awful long way to go to play Orlando and Orlando B. And the year before was Singapore, wasn't it? Albeit there were a couple of good games out there. There were a couple. Uh, and Marcus is quite defensive about whether his team was prepared or not for the start of the last couple of seasons. But the, the the story is that. Well, the facts are that uh, was it six games before our first win in 2015-16, seven, yeah. seven yeah. games. I think, he's answered, I think he's answered the question with this pre-season yeah. fixture programme, hasn't he? Um, he might say something else, but we need to have a better opening. And Stokes' fixture list is pretty tricky, but it will mean that any win is a very good one. 